Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's Message of the Week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. It's a great pleasure to introduce Chris, who's going to be preaching for us this morning. Why don't we show our appreciation for Chris? Chris can often be found... Not in here at this point, but out in Hope Kids, has been on our Hope Kids team for many years. Um, And I remember, I can go back to the days of COVID and sitting in my house watching Hope families on my screen and Chris being part of the great team who put that on as well um, and sharing from the scriptures as part of Hope Families. Anyone else remember those days? I know some of you will have blocked it out of your memory. Um, And uh, if you do like seeing God move in the lives of children, you want to see them connect with God and you want to see... Um, lives change, then I can highly recommend serving in Hope Kids, as can Chris. Um, but this is a man who has, uh, I think, a very clear message from God for us this morning, and it's been a joy to work with him on it. And so I'm going to pray for Chris, and then he's going to preach for us this morning. Why don't you stretch your hand out, and you can pray your best prayer for him as well. Father, we do thank you for Chris. We thank you for this man, the grace of God at work in his life, and how you've been speaking to him by your Spirit for today. And we pray, would you come now and empower him by your Spirit? Would you fill his words with your love and your life and with their land with grace in our lives to see change and fruit, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, mate. Well, thanks, Adam, for the introduction, and thanks for the honor to be up here. I really appreciate it and the time you took to work with me on this, so thank you very much. Um, So... Uh, I know I'm the person that's standing between all of you and some football, so (laughs) probably thought I was going to say soccer for a second, maybe, but no, it's football. I know it's football, so uh, I I, I definitely uh, want to get get this message through. So um, who here is excited to talk about failure? (laughs) Freddie, raise your hand. No? Not a lot of takers? Not a lot of takers? Yeah. um, uh, Failure... Failure is, uh, is a hard thing to talk about, right? It, it, it's a hard thing for a lot of folks. Um, and it can uh, capture people, people and, and keep them in a cage for a long time if, uh, if they don't handle it properly. So I think it's a really important thing to understand uh, and, and to embrace because uh, the Bible sure does. Um, so what do I mean by failure, right? So let's, let's get that a little bit. Um, out of the way, because uh, everybody has a little different, different definitions for different things, right? So uh, I think failure and mistakes, I, I think they're, they're pretty close to the same thing, in my opinion, right? If you're setting out to do something, um, whether that is show up to work on time or um, not scream at your kids um, or uh, just follow Jesus in general, right? Um, when something goes wrong, um, that's a failure, right? And, and, that's, and that's okay, right? Um, I, think, I think failures can be seen a lot of times as, uh, you know, you're done, right? It's over, I've failed, I might as well stop trying, right? That's a bad, bad way to look at a failure. Um, so, yeah, and so failures can look like all sorts of things, right? From the small things, like, you know, screaming at your kids when you don't want to, showing up for late work for, you know, late again, or a meeting late again, or um, the bigger things, right? Like a failure in your marriage, uh, failure to communicate with, with someone in a critical time, um, you know, uh, failure where you set out to maybe, um, you know, not, not 
to not look at things you know you shouldn't look at things, right? Uh, thoughts that you shouldn't have, right? Um, all these things can, can, can feel like failures when, when you get there, right? Um, I will say that I, thankfully for all of you, am well qualified as a failure. <laughs> I, I've done, I've, 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 I've kind of uh, been through a, a lot. I've failed a lot. Um, I'm not being hard on myself. I'm just being honest, right? And, and that's okay, right? I've grown from each of those failures that I've had, right? Um, and a lot of those failures were, were big, right? Some of them were in my youth, right? Well, you know, everybody makes mistakes in their youth, right? Uh, and some of them continued on, right? Um, you know, and, and those are the sort of things that uh, you want to you wanna continue to look at and address in your life. You don't want to let them, let them go, right? So, um, when, so failures can, for me, look like a lot of different things, right? They look like you know, when I was younger, right, uh, being in rebellion with my, my parents, right, and, and doing, making the wrong choices, right? Uh, you know, for one instance, uh, taking my bike out when I wasn't supposed to and then getting hit by a car, right? You know, these things happen, right? But, <laughs> you know, or, or maybe making really bad decisions and, and uh, you know, drinking more than I should have, right? Um, or, you know, doing other things, right? Even when I wasn't in my youth where... Um, maybe I didn't say things when they needed to be said, right, because of my introverted nature, right? Um, I knew they needed to be said, but I didn't say them. Um, so all these things are, are failures, right? And it's easy to say, oh, you know, they happen for a reason, right? Everything happens for a reason, right? This is easy, right? Everything happens for a reason. I, I got in on my bike, and I, 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 I got into a car accident, and that taught me a lesson. So... Everything happens for a reason, right? I, so if you go to the next slide, I think, I think this will say a little bit, right? <laughs> Everything happens for a reason, but sometimes that reason is that you make bad decisions, okay? Right? So everything uh, does happen for a reason, right? Because a lot of people want to peg those reasons on God, right? They, they want to say, oh, God had a, had a plan, and he wanted to teach you a lesson, and, well, it's lucky that you know, you got thrown in jail because that's how you found God, right? Uh, no, no, that's, that's not right, right? That's not right. That's not okay. Um, God, God, God doesn't want bad things for you. Um, he is good always. In him, there is no darkness. There is only light. So be clear on that. He, he does not want bad things, but he will. He will use all things for good for those who love him, right? And that last part, people tend to forget sometimes, right? He'll use all things for good, but you've got to remember for those who love him, right? Um, so he will take everything and he will transform those failures into success, right? Always. So um, what I found from looking at the Bible, right? You see it, I mean, it, the Bible, right? You could call the Bible one giant book of failures, right? <laughs> the, the Jewish people failed over and over and over again, right? But we know it wasn't a failure, Right? The Bible is a, is a book of success, of uh, the coming of Christ. Right? Um, so you saw Abraham, Isaac, Moses, Jacob, you, know, you name them. You name them. They all made huge mistakes. Right? Huge mistakes. Um, and, and they were redeemed by God because God is a redeemer. And you see it in the New Testament too. You see the, um, the fellows, as I call them, the, you know, the 12 apostles, they, they, they're going through making mistakes. You see other people with Jesus making mistakes. And I think there's a lot of examples in that New Testament 
that, that show um, all the mistakes that, that they make and how Jesus deals with them, right? So as something that God put on my heart as I was seeing all of these failures that all these folks were making um, throughout the Bible was it seemed, seemed like there was a pretty good pattern uh, to it. So if you go to the next slide. So this is what I call the grace cycle, right? I, I think it, it, it's a pretty good pattern, and I saw it, it stands pretty true on, on a, lot of, a lot of the failures that happened throughout the Bible. I'd say 95% of them, right? It starts with pride, right? That, that pride, right, that pride that really it's reliance on oneself, right? That's the easiest, quickest way to kind of define it. Um, I have another definition of pride that I pulled up here, which I, I think is good also. And of course, this isn't, there's a lot of different types of pride out there, and we've heard a lot of them, right? Um, but this is, this is not the good pride, right? I, I, I think it's, it's good to be proud of your son or your daughter in something that they do, right? Um, and it's good to be proud of you know, uh, some craft or, or work that you're doing. But this is the kind of pride that's not good, right? This is the kind of pride that gets in the way. Um, this is the kind of pride that hardens your heart, right? Um, and, and then when your heart is hard, right, you can't receive that seed that, that God wishes to plant there, right? It just, it bounces off, right? It doesn't, it, it, it's not fertile ground. Um, so this is just one that I pulled up. This is a definition of pride, a high or an inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority, whether as cherished in the mind or as displayed in bearing or conduct. So for those of you who, want, who like a little bit more um, for a definition, I, I think that, that gives a, a pretty good one, right? So with pride as my master, right, um, I instinctively know that I cannot control everything in my life. I can't. Right? I instinctively know that, right? But with pride as my master, I'm trying now to control everything, right? Um, and when I see that I cannot control those things is, is when I start kind of losing it, right? If you have that pride as your master, right? Um, and it leads to that hardened heart, right? Because pride and fear go hand in hand, right? That you fear what you can't control when you have that pride in your master, right? But when you have the Lord, Jesus Christ, as your master, you understand that he is in control, right, of all things. Um, so that's a big one. So I wanted to really, I really want to spend a lot of time on that because really that's the, the, the kingpin here in all of this, right? Because the rest of it doesn't fall into place unless you're real. You, you have that in, in your heart, unfortunately. Um, so what happens when you have that pride? You forget, right? You forget. You forget the promises and the miracles that God has had in your life, right? And I know some of you think, well, maybe I don't have any promises or I never saw a miracle from God. I, I, I'm going to say, um, and not look this, call anybody out, but I'm going to say that you do. You have them. If you don't think you've had them, if you don't think you've had miracles in your life and you don't think you have promises, I will challenge you to look again, right? And there are covenants also that are in the Bible, right? Um, so what happens is, is, um, you have this pride, you think you can tr control this on your own, and then you forget, right? You forget all those promises and miracles that God has put, uh, put in your life, right? And then, um, then stupid happens, right? That's how I like to call it, right? It, it, stupid happens, right? That's when that moment where um, 
that pride, and then you forget that you're following Jesus, and then all of a sudden something comes out, whether it's an action that doesn't align with, with what God has for you, or whether it's um, something you say, right, um, in the heat of the moment, that, that that's that stupid thing that kind of pops out, right? And then the, the next one there is Jesus corrects, right? So this is where he, if in between three and four, right, this is important, right? You actually have to come to Jesus <laughs> to actually have him uh, correct you and help you, right, with your issue. If you don't come to him, he, 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 he'll, you know, you need to come to him, right? Uh, um, so between three and four, and this is something Adam and I kind of chatted about, is when people run, people run away right? They've made a mistake. They run, they hide, they ignore it. They say, well, yeah, he, he deserved it or she deserved it. And I said the right thing. And, you know, and that's it, right? And then unfortunately, they are stuck in that cycle because what's going to happen again when that same situation happens, right? They're going to run into that same situation and they're going to go through it all over again um, until they bring it to God and lay it at his feet, right? So, so Jesus comes and he corrects and he breaks that ground, that hardened heart, right? He, he, and he often does it with a question. And I, I love this, right? Because he asks a question and it's kind of like, come on, Jesus, why don't you just tell us, right? Why are you going to ask me a question? You're the teacher. Tell me exactly what I need to know. I don't need to hear a question. I don't need to bother trying to answer a question. I need you to tell me what I need to know. You're the, you're the teacher. You're the Christ, right? But, but I, I love it that that, you know, God hides things for us, not from us, right? This is really critical, right? He, he hides things for us, not from us. He wants us to seek him out. He wants us to find him, all right? So uh, it, it, this is why I believe Jesus asks questions to his disciples. He, he, he needs them to, to work in their own mind, right? So I think that first one, Jesus corrects, I think that's kind of the mind, right? He, he's addressing the mind there. And then he teaches, right? I think the whole thing is teaching, honestly. Um, but at the end, I think, I think that number five is more of the heart, right? Then he, he'll, you'll see in a couple of these examples that he goes a bit deeper, right? He goes deeper and he asks that deeper question um, that makes people look at their heart and address their heart. So um, if you go to the next slide. So I'm just going to go through these three different examples. You could spend, honestly, probably multiple preaches on each of these. So I am going to, I'm going to just be setting kind of the example of how this grace cycle, I think, works in all of these failures, right? And I'm just going to kind of be walking through a, a couple of these. Um, if you go to the next slide. So storm on the lake, right? I think everybody knows this one, right? This is a big one. I love this one. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I think it's phenomenal. Um, it, you know, it, this is, you know, the setup for this, right, is that, you know, they've seen Jesus casting out demons. They've seen Simon's mother-in-law healed. They've seen crowds healed. They've seen paralyzed getting up and walk, walking. They, they've seen Jesus do all of these miracles, right, in their own lives, right? They've seen him teach them. They've felt it. They've felt his power, um, so that's just kind of a little bit of a setup, right? So to, to understand um, what they've seen, right? So they, they, they know what Jesus can do, right? They do um, in their hearts, I believe. So, uh, 
So let's see how the boys get themselves into trouble here. So, and not the, you can't see it that great on, on, these, on this bigger picture, but this is a Rembrandt, and if you have an opportunity to, to look at it uh, in detail, you should, right? So Rembrandt really, really does a phenomenal job of kind of laying out what he sees uh, the disciples are doing on this boat, right, uh, during the storm. Um, so if you look closely at, at these, they're each going through their own crisis, I think, as you look through it, right? Um, you know, some of them are just sitting there, right? You could just tell they're frozen, right, in, in just fear, right? Others are trying with just all their might for all their will and putting all their will into it, right? Trying to do it under their own power, right? And, and then I, I love that the way he showed it was, you know, these guys are on a boat. They're fishermen, right? Many of them are fishermen, professional fishermen, right? And if you look, none of them are kind of working together, right? <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting also, right? How, how, how you can be divided in the storm, right? Um, and maybe this goes for a family unit, right? When that storm comes, it can, it can divide you, right? And, and if you don't have Jesus as your center, right? So... Um, I do think it's funny, though. There are two that are working together in this picture, and they're the ones that are waking Jesus up. So, but we'll, we'll, let's, I want to read through, I want to read through the scriptures. So if you go to the, this next slide. All right, so uh, I'm going to read through this, and there's just a couple, a couple things that I will, uh, I'll, I'll kind of point out so that you remember as I read. So, uh, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him, so just remember that. A furious squall came up, and waves break, broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. That's another part, the boat was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. So, I think that's funny, right? I've heard it said before, right? Like, uh, you know, I don't think he was really sleeping, right? He was, he was praying, saying, come on, Dad, make the waves real big, right? <laughs> See what these boys are made of, right? So uh, I, <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, I, I like that one, but I will just say he was like, um, uh, so, so I think I, think I want to stop there before I read any more, just, just to point this out, right? So these were fishermen. They knew the storm was bad, all right? You know, these guys were professionals. They've been fishing for, you know, what, 15 years maybe of their lives, maybe more? Um, they knew what a storm looked like. They knew what a bad storm looked like. They knew when they would be in trouble, okay? They knew, right? Um, so I, I like that. I don't like it. I mean, I'm, I think it's sad for them, um, but it's, it's a blessing for us, right? <laughs> um, so, so the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped, right? So they were almost sunk, their boat was almost down. They were almost dead. Right? This isn't a joke. Right? This is a massive storm. Their boat is filling with water. They are about to die. And they wait till the very last minute to go to Jesus. Right? I mean, isn't that funny how we do that in our lives? Right? You know, sometimes we'll even see that storm. We'll see it coming. We'll see it coming miles off. We will see that storm coming miles off. But we'll say, oh, you know, we got this. Gonna, we got this covered. I don't, I don't need to take this to anybody. I can handle this on my own. I got this covered, right? And then the storm hits, right? 
and oh man, oh I didn't I didn't pray before I didn't, but I still I still got this, so I don't I don't need it, you know. So that even embeds them even more, right? We don't need to wake him up now. Let's we can figure this out. We can get this sorted. Leave him, let him sleep. So I think that's funny how we do that in our lives a lot. I mean, I'm not talking about you, maybe just me, but I know I do that, right? I know that. Um, so uh, the next part is, is kind of amazing to me too, right? So uh, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? Uh, they've now seen Jesus do miracles, right? Heal their family members. And they come to him and they say to him, don't you care? His heart for them is, is, is so much love, right? But it's funny when that pride gets in you, right? You want to, you want to, you get angry, right? And you're, you're lashing out, you want to control. And, and then, you know, the one person who can help them he go, they go and they blame him. Don't you care? Don't you care what's happened to us? Don't you care that we die? Right? Um, and, and that's another thing I think it happens a lot with, with folks, right? They blame God, right? How did you let this happen? How could you possibly let this happen? Right? So he got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. So he did what they should have done. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Right, so this is him teaching, right? This is him addressing the mind, I believe, right? Um, why are you so afraid? Okay, and then he asks that second question. Do you still have no faith? Right? So I think that addresses the heart, right? what you've seen spiritually. Um, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So I, I just think that just encapsulates that grace cycle, right, that happens to all of us over and over again um, in life, right? We want to bring, bring these things to Jesus. He needs to teach us, and it, it hurts sometimes, right? And these failures we have, some of them are big, Right? We're talking big, big stuff, right? Failures in marriage, failures with your children, failures in doing things that you want to stop doing, right? Failures with, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. They're, they're really big. They can be really big. And um, I, one of the examples I, I, like, I like to use, and maybe it's a little graphic, but I'm going to use it anyways. Um, you know, you've all seen, seen movies where um, people get, get shot in those movies, right? And someone has a bullet, right? And they got to get that bullet removed, right? And they're bleeding. And they say, you know, um, come on, get the medic, get the medic, get him in here, right? And hold him, you know. Um, so I see Jesus as the one with the forceps, right? He's, he's coming. He's coming to get that bullet out, right? And sometimes it's great. You'll, you'll, have, you'll have a hospital. You'll have something to make you comfortable, and it'll be easy, right? And it'll be like, man, this is, a, you know, a miracle. It was easy. It didn't hurt, and it's gone. I don't even have a scar, right? But then there's other failures, right? And, and we got to acknowledge them, right? There are failures that leave scars. They leave scars, and they hurt. They hurt when Jesus comes to pull that bullet out. Oh, man, does that hurt, right? And then you think you got it done, and it's not done, right? And then you're left with a scar, right? But 
God wants you, when you feel that scar, he wants you to see his, his will for you and his grace for your life. Right? So, all right, we go to the next one. So this just shows the boat, and we kind of went through all, the, all the, the whole grace cycle here. And then, the, yeah, the only two that, that were working together were the ones that were blaming Jesus. So I just <laughs> thought that was interesting. Um, all right, you can go to the next slide. So bread on a boat. Right, I think we have enough time to go through both the, these next two. So we'll see if I can get there. I don't want to you know, stop any football stuff. So um, bread on a boat, where is lunch, right? So this one, this is a good one. I really like this one uh, for a couple reasons, right? But it does just show that same cycle again, um, right? So at this point, they've seen everything, right? These guys have seen a lot more than they previously saw, right? He's literally healed thousands and thousands of people and fed thousands and thousands of people twice, right? So um, they just came from feeding thousands and thousands of people through a miraculous uh, miracle of duplication of food, right? So, uh, so we can go to the, the next the scripture real quick. So, so they're on this boat. They're, they're crossing the, the sea, right? The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for the one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. Right? So, you got the boys in the boat again, right? It's them in the boat, fellas. Um, they, they think, wait a second, yeah, I am a little bit hungry. <laughs> so, so Jesus says that, and they say, I'm a little bit hungry, and they turn to each other, and they start talking. Um, and they discuss this with one another and said, it's because we haven't brought any bread. That's what Jesus is talking about. We didn't bring any bread. We should have known. We should have known that. Um, so Jesus, Jesus hears them talking, right? Because they're only like from here to Adam. It's just a small boat, right? Um, so he says, aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, and I want you to count how many questions he asks them because I think that's interesting. Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketful of pieces did you pick up? And they replied, 12. <laughs> and when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketful of pieces did you pick up? And they answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand, right? So I think it would seem like if you look at this and you, you take it, you know, depending on your upbringing, you could take this a bunch of different ways, right? Um, but, I mean, he is peppering them with questions, right? I mean, why are you talking about having not having bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes that fail to see and ears that fail to hear? And don't you remember? So even if he had said that in the nicest, gentlest way, all of those questions all at once, it's going to hit them, right? It's going to hit them hard because they want to please him, right? So th this is where you see that, that pride coming in, right? They know he's talking about something. They want to please him. They want to understand without asking a question, without coming to him. So amongst themselves, they try and figure it out, right? Because that's, that's what we do as humans, we go together and we try and figure it out and we don't want to bring it to God, right? right? Um, so that pride puts them in the position and, but then 
it's fine. Jesus corrects them, right? And once again, this is lucky for us that uh, the, the, the fellows were, didn't, weren't picking up on everything. That's fine because it teaches us, right, uh, those things. So those, those questions um, Jesus addresses, I, I believe, addresses their mind, right? I, I think a lot of those address what, you know, do you still not understand? Do you still not see, right? And then he says at the end, do you still not understand? That's the one that, he, he, that I think addresses the heart, right? Um, so just another, another example of this grace cycle and just taking you through this in the New Testament. You can see it in the Old Testament also um, where it's just continuously uh, there in front of us, right? So if you go to the next one, it's a nice piece of bread, just in case anybody's hungry. You can go to the next one. Thanks. All right, so the last one I have, I didn't want any of the women to feel left out. I didn't. I know you guys are thinking, you know, these, these boys, they don't know what they're doing. I don't, I, I didn't want, I don't want, uh, I don't want anybody, anyone, women to be left out here. So uh, I, I picked this one. It's, it's really good. Uh, I think it's really good. Um, so the setup for this one is also quite amazing, right? Um, So, they've already seen all that stuff I talked about already. He's healed thousands. He's fed thousands. He has literally raised Martha's brother from the dead, right? From the dead. Um, He was completely dead, and not just a little dead, right? Um, You know, I just, (laughs) not just a little. I mean, well, it's funny. People hear, you know, dead. No, no, no. They opened the tomb, and they could smell, and this is graphic, but they could smell his rotting corpse. His sister, Martha, was standing there, I assume, and then he raised her, her brother from the dead, right? So she has seen, she, she has seen this, right? Um, she knows what he can do. So she invites him, this is also key and important, she invites him into her home um, to, to come join her, right? Um, so, I'm just going to, you can go to the next slide. So, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? There it is again. Don't you care? Right? She saw him raise her brother from the dead. So, yeah. Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? And this has an exclamation point, so I'm, not, I'm just going to read it like it says, Tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. What are you doing? Tell her to help me. She's sitting there doing nothing. Right? So, if you go to the next slide... This is another, another great painting. There's a lot going on in here. Um, there's lots of dead things. I don't, but I will say the, the thing, the reason I love this painting the most is uh, Martha has the duck in her hand, right? I could just see her shaking it, right? You know how long it took me to pluck this thing? Where, you know, Mary hasn't helped me a bit, right? So um, I just, I could see it, right? Uh, now, the Lord's response is this. 
Martha, Martha. So he says their names twice. So is that a typo? Is that not? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little about that. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Right? So, I don't know. Who here is a Martha? Because I'm a Martha. I'll tell you straight up, I come from a family of Marthas. <laughs> they're always moving. They always got to be up. They always got to be doing something. And if they're not doing something, if you're not doing something, then you must, you must be lazy, right? I come from a family of Marthas. I know what it's like. I'm, I'm a Martha, but not in that way, but you know what I mean. So, so I, I can completely understand and relate to this. I really can. I really can. I like to think I've overcome my Martha tendencies. I like to think. Um, but I, and I think I have, for the most part. Um, but you can see her wanting to control, right? Here she is. She's busy in her house. She's preparing for people to come over, right? She wants everything to be perfect, right? She wants the house to be clean. She wants the food to be in the right place. She wants everybody to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. She is trying to control, right? That pride of wanting to control the situation around you, right? So it brings you into that place of a hardened heart where you can't receive and you can't see, you can't see, you can't hear what God is trying to tell you in that moment, right? And in that moment, Martha sees her sister sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I believe what God really wanted Martha to see was you need, you need to take time with me you need to be with me, your father, right? People, can, people tend to confuse um, busyness with, with relevance, right? That's really what, what they tend to confuse. You know, activity does not equal importance. It doesn't. It doesn't. And, and in our lives today, people, people try to do that. Your, your busyness does not... It does not define who you are. It doesn't equal relevance. This is really important, I think, for everybody to understand. And it's, it's hard. It's hard. Um, so I think that he then, he then teaches her, right? He, I like that. I like that. I mean, he, he, he says her name twice, right? Um, I think this is a really, really big thing, um, he tells her that she's worried about many things, right? That, that's the correction that I see. Um, she, you know, you're worried about many things. And then he teaches her, right? He, he, he dresses her heart. He's saying, this, this thing that Mary has had right here, it will not be taken away from her. It won't be taken away from her. Um, but he says her name twice. So there is only a total of eight times in the Bible where names are said twice, Okay? You could say it's a coincidence or it was a typo. I don't, nothing in the Bible is a coincidence, right? We know this. It's the word of God. Um, you know, it is not a coincidence that he said her name twice. It, the other people that he's said names twice, this is, you'll find very interesting, Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Samuel, Simon, and Saul, right? I believe Martha had a huge call on her life. Huge call in her life, and I believe, although it's not here in the Bible, but I believe Martha had an amazing ministry. 
because I don't believe there's a coincidence in the Bible. I don't. I believe that she was called up, and that's what. And she she came into that like everyone else in the Bible. So I, I, it's it's amazing to me that just with just one word, right? With just one word, he can turn failure into a calling. There's just one word. Um, so, uh, so if we go to the next slide, right? So, if if you take anything away from my message today, it's don't let your failures define your future. Do not let your failures define your future. We all fail. Learn from those failures. Understand them. And do not let them define your future. God's grace is bigger than any failure that you will ever have in your life. Bring it to him. He is a redeemer. He does not want you to fail, but he will use all things for good. Right? Although failure... Is okay, it's not enjoyable. Don't get stuck in the guilt and shame trap. Don't get stuck in the guilt and shame trap. Right? Truth will break down every lie. Bring it to Jesus. Do not get your life stuck in that. And I like, one of the things that I see failure as, and that's the picture, you know, that's my poor graphics, graphics work, the PowerPoint, but I see failure as, the compost that feeds your life, right? Those failures are, are what feeds your future successes, right? And enables you to grow strong and, and, and produce good fruit. So I, I think it's just really important to, to just bring those failures to Jesus. Understand that he will make you whole um, no matter where you are.